Hello, and welcome to the FBC Sermon Podcast. Today's sermon is titled, Guard Your Heart, and was based on Proverbs 4, 20-27. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. The things that are the most valuable to us, we intentionally protect. Rather, it's our files on the cloud or an external drive. We back up our files because we don't want to lose them. Or we carefully choose passwords to protect our identity. Or we put our kids in car seats because we love them and we want to protect them. Or we have smoke detectors to hopefully save lives. We have insurance policies. So if something happens to us, it helps protect the people who will leave behind. And our nation spends billions of dollars on our military to protect our nation. But do we protect our hearts? Do we protect our minds? Because those are the most valuable things in the world in the sight of God and for eternity. We're in our Habits of the Heart sermon series. We've been identifying some of the idols of our culture that can become entrenched in our hearts, that can dethrone Christ in our hearts, and like a GPS, draw us away from God and into calamity and pain and hurt and suffering. We really come to kind of the capstone of this sermon series where we bring it all together. Will you join me in Proverbs chapter 4 as we explore protecting our hearts, guarding our hearts. Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to meet in verse 20. In the Blue Bibles here in the house, that's page 629. For those of you who are worshiping online, we're so grateful. One church here in the house and in locations all over the place so cue up your device, turn in your Bible. Proverbs chapter 4, let's, let's begin in verse 20. My son, my daughter, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For my words are life to those who find them and health for the whole body. The author begins, my children... This is a moment where God is speaking to his children. Matter of fact, anytime God says, pay attention, you know this is something that, that, that can unlock so much for us. You know, when our children, our grandchildren, or that niece or nephew, when we really want to communicate with them, what do we often do? We go down to a knee, don't we? We go to their level. We look them in the eye and we say, I love you. Please pay attention to this. There's very little else I could say that's more important than this. It's like God is getting on God's knees and God is saying, listen, my son, my daughter, pay attention to this. And here's what God most so wants us to pay attention to. Verse 23, above all else, guard your heart. For it's the wellspring of life. Above all else, everything really begins with the heart. That's why the sermon series, Habits of the Heart, hearts and habits together are what help us to faithfully follow Christ or come back home by God's grace. It all begins with the heart. Now, here's what's fascinating. The word heart here in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, um, it's not the word lave. Lave is the Hebrew word for the heart, the pumping heart. It's not the word here. It's the word hake. 
And the Hebrew word hake is a word that means something that's deep in the midst or the depths. It would be like something that's in the depths of the ocean or deep in the midst where, where you'd really have to journey to get to that. Deep in the midst of who we are. In other words, the attitudes of our heart, the appetites of our hearts, the motives in our minds, above all else, guard that. But why guard our hearts? <laughs> why go through soul surgery with God? It can be painful. It's a lot simpler to just skim the surface and have our superficial spirituality and follow some religious rules and keep our hearts and our minds really locked away from God. But the reason why we have to guard our hearts and sometimes allow God to do the soul surgery deep within us is because in verse 23, what's happening in our hearts is a wellspring of life. Whatever's happening in the hake, in the midst, in the depths of us, eventually it will burst forth like an artesian well, or like a geyser. It'll burst forth into our life. See, we think we can get away for, for a while what's really happening in our hearts or our minds, but eventually, eventually it shapes our character and it becomes who we are. We can't keep that disconnect going for very long because it becomes who we are. So here's the challenge. How do we guard our hearts? How do we go from heart to habit? In other words, what are some of the habits we can do to reinforce and help grow our heart's GPS because of those habits? And then they go back and forth. See, sometimes as our hearts have Christ on the throne, that informs our habits, informs our decisions. But as we form our habits, those reinforce and they help to grow our hearts, and it just goes back and forth. Heart and habit. Well, here's uh, three habits that the uh, author gives to us. It's like the anatomy of how to be faithful to God. And it's our mouth, our eyes, and our feet. Our mouth are our words. Our eyes are the gateway to the mind. And our feet are our actions. So let's explore each of these. First of all, our mouth, our words. Move down to verse 24. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. The writer of Proverbs is, is beckoning us, watch our words. Our words are powerful. Words can build people up. Words can tear us down. Words can damage people. Words can destroy our witness to where people see like, you, you follow Jesus? That's what God's like? Those words? And so, all of us probably can remember painful words that we've heard, can't, haven't we? They're etched in our memory. We replay them in our mind, and they can too often define us today, where those words that we've heard can define us today rather than how Christ views us to define who we are today. Maybe those words came from a parent or a teacher or a coach, or our spouse, or our culture. The words of our culture toward us. Because words are powerful. Now, here's a portrait in verse 24 that the author gives to us, and that is to keep perversity from our lips. The word perversity, originally written in the Hebrew language, is the word ixus. It's a word that, that just means crooked. Don't have our words be crooked. <laughs> In other words, don't twist the truth. Don't turn the knife 
into someone with our words. Don't stray away from God's truth and the things God would call us to say that are really just a reflection of our hurt. Because the truth is, whatever we say really reflects what's in our hearts. It's that simple. See, whatever's within our hearts becomes like a wellspring that bursts forth into our words. Have you ever had a time where you said, I said too often, I asked, why did I say that? Why in that moment did I say that? And the truth is, we usually brush it off. Oh, it was just a stray word. But the truth is, and this is challenging for me, and that is that the words that we say really reflect what's happening in our hearts and our minds. And it's a wellspring. It, it, it bursts forth. One of the metrics to ask, how am I doing spiritually, is how are my words? Because that's really reflecting what's happening in our hearts. So here, here, here's the challenge. Do my words glorify God or grieve God? Do I keep my word or do I break my promises? Do I speak truth or do I twist the truth? Even when I'm confronting someone, do I do it with love as the motive? Love expressed even when confronting them, or are they toxic words? So as we take an inventory, let's ask, God, what do my words reflect about what's really happening in my heart and my mind? The second of the anatomy for us of metrics to understand what's really happening in our heart and to form habits to honor God is our eyes and the eyes of the gateway to the mind. Join me in verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. The eyes are the gateway of our mind. It's whatever we see, whatever we focus on, whatever captures our gaze is what shapes our minds. See, how we think shapes our hearts. And however our hearts are shapes is become, is, uh, becomes who we are. So here, here's the challenge. What's showing in the theater of, of our thoughts? Do I need to stop looking at fill in the blank? Do I need to refocus when I begin thinking this? And do I need to be washed in God's Word? See, I think one of the things about the living Word of God is when we read Scripture with our hearts and our minds engaged, boy, God drills down and speaks to us right, right where we're at. It's amazing to be washed in the Word and allow God to speak and to show us Things that God is celebrating and rejoicing in and the times when God says, not, ah, I got you on that, Greg. But Greg, I love you too much. What's happening in your heart, the appetites of your heart, the, the, the words that you've been saying, the way you've been interacting with people. God, Greg, I love you too much. I'm going to convict you of this. In um, the movie, which is based on the book, Beautiful Mind, uh, tells the story of John Nash, a brilliant mathematician who struggled with mental health challenges, especially schizophrenia. So, so in his mind, he saw people, he, he saw scenes that, that weren't reality, he, he heard voices, and yet he went on to be awarded the Nobel Prize. And the Nobel Committee wrestled with, should we grant it to him? Because if he flies here and, 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 and speaks, what will he say? Will it be one of those days where he's in the world's eyes sane, or will it be one of those days where he'll do things that might embarrass himself and embarrass the Nobel name? Well, he did receive the Nobel Prize, and, and, and it's really a journey of him learning to grapple with all of this. 
But in the movie, there's, there's a quote where he's asked, you know, how did you do this? How did you achieve all this? How did you, how did you somehow keep within the bounds of, of, of what our world would view as sane? And this is what he said. I'll never forget this. I choose not to entertain some of the appetites of my mind. I'll say that again. I choose uh, not to entertain some of the appetites of my mind. God could have written that. Matter of fact, God has written that. Are there appetites of our mind or heart that we're entertaining? That God says, I love you too much. That's going to warp your character and it's going to be an outflow, a wellspring that's going to corrupt your life and it's going to damage people you love. Let's address it at the root right there. So, so the anatomy of, of forming habits to help shape our hearts or reflect our hearts, we begin with the mouth, our words, our eyes, which is the gateway to our mind, and then the third thing is our feet, which are our actions. Verse 26, make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your feet from evil. The real challenge is, do our feet walk in wisdom or do they stray from God's path? And this Hebrew colloquialism to the right or the left, we see several times throughout Scripture. And here's the portrait. As soon as we take a little step to the right or the left, seems small, but that reinforces another step to the left or the right. And then pretty soon there's ruts in the road. Pretty soon it becomes habit and that becomes who we are, and we wake up someday and we say, well, how did I get here? And the truth is, it was one step to the left or one step to the right at a time, and it snowballed and it swirled. Small steps that eventually can have a huge, devastating impact. So what are a small step that we might be taking to the left or to the right that God's Spirit speaking to about us right now or throughout this day or in the days to come? Maybe it's something where we think, it's just a little compromise. And, and no one will know. And you know, it's not going to hurt anyone. And I really feel like I need this now. I need this fix now to get me through another day. And we take that little step to the left, little step to the right. All of us have probably gone swimming on kind of an early spring day or, or a fall day. And the, the water's pretty cold, right? And... Um, and we see the water. Of course, our kids just jump in, right? And I'm like, that would kill me if I die. Okay, but here, I'll put my, ooh, oh no, here we go, all right. And they're like, Dad, come on in, come on. I'm working on it, I'm getting there, okay? And you, and you, and you start to step in. But then, you know, by mid-afternoon, you're out swimming in the water and you hardly even notice how cold it is until you get back out, right? And that's what compromise is for us. You know, at first, like, oh, but a little step. And then, oh, another little step. And we kind of feel it, and, and we either get that thrill or we feel that conviction. And then little step, little step, and then we're swimming in it, and we almost don't even notice it anymore. Beware of those small steps, those seemingly little compromises. So let's kind of bring this whole series together. We've been looking at heart and habits. The reason we start with the heart is because the heart is the center of gravity of the GPS that guides us. 
Matter of fact, when we read the word glory throughout Scripture, uh, in the New Testament, it's the word doxa, glory. Glory just means weight. Whatever's the weightiest thing in our lives, that's what we'll give glory to. Whatever is the weightiest thing in our hearts, whatever is really at the center of our hearts, that will guide our GPS and we'll give glory to whatever that is. That's why we have to begin with our hearts and ask, what's really happening in my heart? What is my heart pursuing? Are there idols of our culture that, that have taken the throne, that have dethroned Jesus in different areas of my life? But then habits have to be formed to reinforce our heart, to help us to translate that into action. The power of habit. Just one example. <clears throat> Some of us might remember back when we learned to drive. Okay, And when we're first learning to drive, it's overwhelming, isn't it? Because you get in the car and, okay, i got to turn the initial, is, is my foot on the brake? No, it's not the, okay, it's the brake, not the gas. Okay, and then if it's a manual, like I grew up with, then on the hills, you're like, okay, put it first, brake out, plug, I'm, I'm rolling back, right? And then you think, oh, stoplight, it, it's yellow. Should I punch it? No, I should stop. Is there anyone in my blind spot? I need to change, oh yeah, blinker. And it just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? It's overwhelming. But then as the months and years pass, or what Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers calls the 10,000-hour rule, that after time, we don't really think about it, do we? Matter of fact, too often we don't think enough about it. But we just drive. The, the things that somewhere our mind is habitually doing all these actions. The power of habit. It has to start intentional. And over time, in the hard, rocky road of intentionality and discipline, eventually those things become habits and they become virtues in our lives. Uh, a fascinating article called Strangers to Ourselves. Timothy Wilson, who teaches at the University of Virginia, did extensive research. And he estimates that less than 5% of all the things that we do throughout a given day are done cognitively, deliberately intentional. The other 95% plus, we're doing without even thinking about it. Rather, it's breathing, driving, uh, scrolling, interacting, saying thank you, whatever. They're, they're just kind of ingrained. They're habits. So that means spiritually, it's so important for us to form habits where they just kind of become habits of like prayer. Where then as time passes... It's natural for us to pray in this temptation or in this challenge or when we need wisdom or for this person who we love and care about or when we're struggling with doubts. Or time in Scripture where then it just becomes habitual where God's Spirit brings that up at just the right moment and there's Scripture, whether we're caring for someone or rather we're tempted or rather we're making a, a decision when we have Scripture. Being in community takes a lot of intentionality. There can be a lot of fear crossing the crossing the threshold to really enter into community and be known and known others. But then once we begin to get there, it becomes natural. We love to share our lives and care about each other, support each other, or have people help to hold us accountable. And I want to remind us that one hour on Sunday morning is really designed to inspire us and equip us. But it's the rest of the week where evaluating our hearts, forming habits, that's where our faith is going to be won or lost. That's where we'll become more like Christ or not. So <clears throat> to wrap it all up, 
um, several years ago, I was uh, traveling with who, who was then my best friend, Mark. Mark and I went through college together. We played baseball together. We roomed together. I was his best man. He was my best man. We served together in ministry. <clears throat> and um, so he's driving, and he gets on uh, Highway 99, divided highway, two lanes each way, and he, and he gets on the wrong way. I'm in the passenger seat, okay? And I said, Mark, Mark, you're going the wrong way. He goes, no, no, no. Look, Greg, two, two lanes, I'm in the right lane. I'm like, no, no, Mark, there's two lanes here and there's two lanes. Oh, no, Greg. And, he, and we're almost arguing back and forth, and I'm starting to panic. It's twilight, and then over a hill, he sees car lights. And, he's, and lit, I kid you not, Mark said, why are they in our lane? <laughs> I, I and I'm like, Mark, we're in their lane. And, and he keeps driving. Finally, he says, oh, and he pulls over, car goes by. I kid you not. He looks at me and says, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mark and I continued to be very close friends. I don't know if I ever rode with him. It's like, yeah, I'll drive, Mark. I'll drive. I got it. Okay. But, but maybe some of us, God's spirit has kind of awakened us and we say, I'm going the wrong way here. I'm going the wrong way with some things in my heart. I'm going the wrong way with some of the appetites of my heart, some of the thoughts in my mind, some of my words, some of my actions. I've gone the wrong way. And here's the good news. God is God of grace. And we repent. That's a U-turn. And God's grace will flood us and begin to guide us into the future. I pray that this won't just be listening to a sermon. That's easy to do. And this won't just be preaching a sermon. That's easy to do. But I pray that God's Spirit will, will speak to us today and in the days to come so that God's glory, the heaviest weight of our heart, will be Christ on the throne, will dethrone whatever else, and will form intentional habits. Here's the homework I leave us with. What's one habit that God is calling us to intentionally develop or intentionally fan into flame to help train ourselves to follow Christ? Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are interested in learning more about what we do here at FBC, please visit our website, fbcamers.org. Also, consider subscribing to this podcast so you can get a notification when our weekly sermons are posted. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. Have a great day.